With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to a Squabble Box podcast. Another fantastic episode of the Attack of the B-Movies podcast. I'm your host, Johnny, along with my co-host. James. James. And James, what is what delectable piece of sub-B-movie are we doing today? I decided on Manborg. Because right. I've heard about this movie. Steve Kostansky directed. Steven Kostansky. That's kind of a tongue twister of a name. He directed this, which I've seen The Void from him. I thought was pretty good. This is before, I think this might even be his first movie. Yeah, he, wrote, he, he wrote this along with Jeremy Gillespie, too. Interesting thing to this movie, we'll go get into it more at the end, is a lot of the people that worked on this movie, they're all a collective known as Astron Six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, up in Canada. And um, a lot of them work on, like, have worked on big name productions doing special effects and stuff so it's cool that they were able to they're able to continue producing movies like this while they're doing like a full-time job right yeah you know so it's pretty cool um so yeah manborg the beginning of it starts off there's a war going on i can't say the special effects are bad i could i could say that it's noticeable that they're not out in a field Mm -hmm. right you know, mm-hmm. uh, and we see these the soldiers fighting um, against what we find out it's an army from hell. And what I didn't understand is why they were dressed like World War One soldiers using World War One or two equipment. I thought that was a little odd. That's never really kind of explained. I don't. Know. Maybe it just adds to the fact that they're trying. They're like tyrant or yeah. whatever. Maybe that's why. That's the only reason I can think of. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, and we with the character that will become the manborg the soldier he um sees his brother killed so then he charges at the bad guy he kills a bunch of like the henchmen or minions he charges at the bad guy and lo and behold it doesn't end well right he threatens to rip rip him apart and he would find him rip him apart whatever and then the he gets run through with a sword which is you know that's pretty classic like you know gorefaker in the beginning of this was pretty good there was some blood i mean it wasn't like you know yeah, because one guy gets bitten in the neck, then the captain, and then... Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, the special effects, clear. I mean, they, they know what they're doing. And the reason I mentioned about it, you knew it wasn't filmed in a field, per se, 
is because there has been a little debate on message boards and on Facebook as to how much of the movie was meant to be quote unquote eighties and early nineties looking and comedic how much wasn't. Oh, right. Like there are people that think that they tried making a serious film to compete with Terminator and they, and they they trashed the movie. And then there are other people going, you clearly don't get it. (laughs) That's so funny. You know what I mean? Like there's, I I, I just, I just saw a few little references here and there about that. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's pretty clear with a name like Manborg and um, reviews by, you know, saying, totally not as bad as other movies no i mean not that but like it's funny watching the trailer because some of the reviews are great it's just like a delicious piece of pop culture whatever like clearly it's not meant to be it's meant to be like the movie we did last week or not last week a couple weeks ago it's meant to be like um what was that uh miami connection oh yeah only only miami connection was meant to be a serious movie but it turned out campy this is meant to be that way right yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I saw a few people like this movie's trash. What the hell? How could you start? You know, I, um, like they were somebody was on um, Meredith Sweeney. She plays a character named Mina, and I, I'm, I wish we could see more of her. Yeah, I really liked, I really liked her. Yeah. Um, and I, there's not much on her. She's only been in like three movies, and I don't know why she hasn't done more. But her husband starred in this with her as well. Uh, I think he was actually the Manborg. But on her Facebook page, somebody was like, "This movie's trash," and it's just like. And other people are like, you're kidding, right? Like, clearly, for no budget and for not filming it in a studio, <laughs> like a big studio, like, you'd think people would kind of get that. And, and they don't. So I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I know people like that. And it's like, they, if you don't, listen, if you don't get it, you don't get it. But Right, right. So where do we go from the, him getting murdered? Uh, well, at that point, he is... Uh, taken out of the, out of the field, he's changed into a, transformed into a cyborg. So we have that kind of uh, you know RoboCop esque kind of deal where he's they're they're building him. Um, they don't really I don't think really really show the guy building him. We kind of find out who that is later. Right. But uh, yeah, he's being built into a cyborg. Uh, he ends up like breaking out of the uh, thing. The I think it's holding him in the, I don't know what you would call it. It's like a coffin, I guess. Yeah, it was almost like a coffin. Yeah. Uh, maybe he was in Amazon's frustration-free uh, packaging. I'm not really sure. <laughs> maybe, yeah. And, and to be, the this scene was kind of cool because it was completely retro-styled and it was all stop motion mm-hmm. being yeah. him, work, him being worked on. And there was a little claymation even in it, which I thought was pretty cool because I've always kind of liked that, but it doesn't seem to it just doesn't seem to have a place anymore right like everything's about cgi and a lot of times cgi is just done wrong mm, i think so michael and you but i really hope none of these famous people ever listen to this <laughs> yeah i thought that was pretty well done and it, it shows like the, it, it, it's the kind of world i well i don't want to say the kind of world i like because it's not it's cyberpunkish, but it's also like the world of half-life the game half-life Very- 2 very Tron inspired, I guess. Yeah, could. yeah, very neon Tron. Uh, but it, can, the city is controlled by like these overlords, which is mm-hmm. very much like how um, Half Life Two was. Mm-hmm. Only it was all run down and beat up. But uh, it was a similar, you know, they clearly have won the war and let humanity live. But they don't say why or what they do use with use them for. Or it, it, I mean, I mean the movie clocked in at like an hour. Yeah, I mean, there's like some advertisement saying, you know, we'll experiment on you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I saw but, that too. But yeah, it's kind of funny, like um, how they have. It's like, yeah, join us. And this is what's going to happen. Well, yeah. eh, I don't know if I'd want to do that. You know, <laughs> we have cake. No, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it was you know the costuming, the um, the the makeup. I thought for the most part throughout the whole movie was pretty good. Yeah. So he comes out. He comes out into an alley. He has no idea really who he is, what he is. I don't think he had any flashbacks yet to his former life at this point either. And here we meet another character because he's in an alley and this other character is trying to escape and they meet each other. Yeah, and number one man is... Uh, number one man, a.k.a. Uh, Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat. It was like the name of an anime character or something. I don't know. Well, there's one punch man, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, thought, it was, uh, I thought it was fun to see how he was dressed because he looked like Liu Kang from... Uh, Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat, the black, oh, yeah. the black pants, the red belt. And uh, it, it's funny because th- if this didn't clue people into the fact that this movie wasn't meant to be completely taken seriously, I don't know what would have. His voice is, his, his voice is the only one overdubbed. Yeah. By somebody else. You, I think the, the actor that played him is Ludwig Lee, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And the voice is by Kyle Herbert. Or mm-hmm. Herbert. You never actually hear the guy's real voice, and the lips move with the the lips are in sync with the the words. Uh, 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 uh. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I was like laughing about that. Yeah. I thought you were telling me not to do something. I'm like, what I, I no, say something? No, wrong. it's all right. Yeah, I usually cut the offensive stuff out, um, <laughs> or try to. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we meet one we one punch man. We meet number one man at this point. I don't think any of the other ones are there yet. And we find out he escaped from some facility. Yeah. And then there's like, because I think Manbor, he sees that, you know, the, the demons and the, the, the punks and all those guys just out and about. Yep. So let me see if I remember. So we meet him. Uh, Manbor clearly is not stealthy and right. draws attention to them. Well, plus the, the noise his suit makes, like, <laughs> can't really cover that up. I mean. <laughs> no, like you're not. It, it, it's, yeah, he, he basically shambles around like one of the walking dead. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, he is. It is not quiet, and they both get captured again by a character named the Baron. Right. Where do we? So where do we go from there, my friend? We well, the characters are imprisoned, uh, Manborg and uh, Number One Man. So then we are, as you're saying, Mina is there. Mm-hmm. So is Justice, the guy who speaks Australian, and I believe he's which is Meredith's real life husband, by the way. Okay. Our okay. Yeah, yeah. Husband, Mer- yeah, Meredith yeah. Sweeney, Connor Sweeney. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he has an Australian accent, and Mina doesn't. But whatever. And, and Mina's <laughs> his sister. Yeah. We'll find out like shortly after meeting him. Uh, maybe maybe she's adopted. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Justice, Justice sounds like one of the characters from Dead on Drive-In. Oh. Uh, right? Justin. Doesn't he, Justin? Oh. <laughs> like he would have fit perfect in that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, interesting. What I liked about Mina. I, I, I just like Mina. Um, she was, a, it, it looked like a cross of, between like Sonya Blade and like uh, Laura Croft. Oh, like, yeah. Rest and her attitude and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really thought Meredith Sweeney throughout the whole movie played her pretty well. I think so too. Like, yeah. I can't say there was a whole lot of shining spots of, of acting in this. I mean, I give all these guys credit. They did, I mean, they did a fantastic job of what they had, you know. Mm-hmm. And the acting wasn't hideous. I mean, uh, it was it was pretty okay, but I thought there were a lot of points where she was really good. Yeah, and I, I 
and, and the other woman, Andrea Carr, who played Shadow Mega, Mega who we'll talk about later on. Uh, I thought she was pretty good, too, playing the character she played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny how Justice has an Australian accent and, like, a very exaggerated Australian accent, not even, like, <laughs> subtle. <laughs> so you have number one man who mouth doesn't line up with the words that come out of it. Mina, who's the only, like, I'm going to say normal one. Justice, who <laughs> we just talked about. And then uh, Manborg, who just can't get any love. And actually, this is when we find out his name, right? Yeah, and uh, Justice, like, he calls him asshole. It's <laughs> 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 like, uh, yeah, I, I guess he just didn't, well, because I think at first they didn't really, they hadn't seen anybody like Manborg. So I didn't know what to think of him. None of us have seen anybody like Manborg. You know, I mean, well, true, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, considering it's a dystopia, he doesn't really feel out of place. No, either. he, 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 the costume, he kind of looked Borgish, to be honest. Yeah. My dad said he looked like, kind of like Jean-Luc Picard, you know, as a Borg. And with hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Justice doesn't like him from the beginning. I don't think Justice really likes anybody for the most part. Right. And this is right around when we find out that they're basically gladiators, right? I mean, they're basically yeah, they have to fight like the, the arena. And I wanted yeah. to say the prison. It reminded me of that movie Fortress, kind of, with the lasers uh, as the bars. Yeah, I, I got that feel from it too. Another book, another movie that was pretty good that most people never saw. Yeah, I'd say I'd go along with that. Yeah, they all go in the arena, and Manborg really doesn't do well. And it's yeah. funny because it's funny because he um, at one point we find out that he's con- he you know. He's being very he's being bragged about very much by his creator. And uh they survive the fight. No thanks to Manborg, who really didn't do much. He finds out he has like a gun on his arm. Like I thought the transformation of his arm into the weapons were pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I mean I I like that because I mean in the poster it shows him with the with the weapon. Right. So you, that is kinda like <laughs> I guess in a way, if you'd seen the poster you'd be kind of anticipating it. I was like, Oh, it doesn't take that long till they have him use his weaponry. Yeah, except that he you wasn't. Know. Except he didn't know how. Yeah, and he basically just prayed and sprayed everywhere. He almost shot Mina a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he got the one bad guy, but yeah, he he really didn't do so well. And uh, they made sure they let him know it at the end of that match. Yeah, because I, I remember Justice was kind of pissed. Yeah, he kind of was pissed the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. Shortly after this point, I want to say so. So there is um, the Baron, and the Baron works for um, what's the name of the big bad guy? Draculon. 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 There we go. Kind so the Baron like... worked for Draculon. The Baron was kind of funny because he was kind of a bumbling idiot, and he was in love with Mina. Yeah, yeah. And he's always like flirting with her, and she's <laughs> definitely not reciprocating it. <laughs> and uh, the Baron's right hand was Shadow Omega, who we find out later was a friend of Mina's from when they were kids. Mm-hmm. But the guy that played Draculon also played Dr. Scorpius, who was, we find out was, I think we find this out now, he was the creator of Manborg. He tells how Manborg is the only man to ever go toe-to-toe with Draculon and survive, or the only man to ever go toe-to-toe with Draculon. Yeah, I don't know if that's really a qualifying thing for, like, saying we're going to use him to be the soldier, because mm-hmm. tactically that didn't work out so well. Right, right. So, mm, uh, but what am I missing? Yeah, there's a little exchange there. He tells him how he's humanity's last hope, yada, yada, yada. There's never been anyone as powerful as him and all that stuff. And he's still not he, – I don't think the entire movie he seems to get to hang him with weapons at all. Maybe near the end. 
So mm-hmm. now, now, yeah. they, now they want to break out, right? I mean, there's a whole point thing. where he does use his elbow weapon. Oh, but yeah, they right. do against the uh, the stop motion monster because that's like yeah. the stop, he's, in, he's in the arena all by himself. Yeah, so that actually I think is right before this part. And and all his friends are, are watching him. Yeah, they yeah. think he's gonna get killed. Yeah. And he uh he does. He kill he defeats the creature and um then he we meet Dr. Scorpius. Well we meet Dr. Scorpius throughout the movie, but then there's an interaction with him, between them and Scorpius has him in his lab all like tied up. But we find out Scorpius is only wants to, you know, like banish Draculon and all that or defeat Draculon. Mm-hmm. In, in the meantime, the rest of the crew is talking about escape. They don't know how they're going to get out, and this is the first time actually Manborg seems to like have any control of his weapons. He breaks out of the lab, he breaks into the prison area, and basically just frees them all. Yeah, and there was some fighting on the way out, right? Yeah, I, I believe when they were when they were escaping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Because I mean, they they don't just they don't just get away. They have to fight. You know, isn't that when? Because I'm thinking there's. Is that, is that when the initial fight between Shadow Mega, Mega and uh, Mina happens? I think so, because it seemed like they fight again. Because I don't remember. I want to say they fought twice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so, though. Yeah. So they, yeah, they fight their way out. She fights her. And did you like the bikes they hopped on? The hover bikes. Yeah, they're, they're, those are cool. I mean, for what it was, I, think, I thought they were cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I think. That was when they were similar to the ones in the. They're similar with the first fight, right? Because remember they fight those, like. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're being. They're, they're like the same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like those though, because it's like, well, they they had to get away. They couldn't just run because they were being. I think they were being chased by a few of the demons. Yeah, and to be fair, they got out right. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a cool little scene, like how they shot the the chasing. because I think they even did a few overhead shots, so you got to see like overhead of the city yeah but we we do definitely know that manboard can't run so mm-hmm. that was not going to happen mm-hmm. which is funny that this guy created this cyborg to help save humanity and he's he's got the agility of a 1992 video game character <laughs> where the hell did they go they who, there's these dilapidated houses where there, there's homeless people right that's right that's right yeah they go there uh yeah it was what it was um Number one man's hideout. They never explain why he's called number one man. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're drinking too. Okay, good. Uh, uh, <laughs> they never explain why he's named one, number one man. But they do mention later on that they tried recruiting him to be part of the Draculon's group. And he wanted nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. This I wanna, I, is this when Manborg sees the video from his creator? The hologram, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. help us, Manborg, your only hope. Um, basically, uh, basically what, what, he what he says, yeah. And I got to say, now we go into a nice 80s monta- workout montage. Yeah. Right? Because ne- that's what this whole next part is. Mina runs. Mina goes back to the compound to try to convince the other woman to become herself again, though. I think that's during mm-hmm. the – is it during that part? But yeah, there was a nice little training montage where they're all doing their things and yeah. learning how to. He's learning. He learns how to use his weapons better, and he really bonds with Justice, mm-hmm. which I thought was hysterically weird and cool at the same time. 
but I could not get over like is if that guy is that, is that guy really Australian? I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not really sure. If I could find any information on him, it doesn't really say where he was born. So maybe. So they do they do go back to the compound all together, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. She's already there, so they go kind of to save her. Uh, and now that, that was basically just action at this point. It's just a fight scene. Yeah, because Mina, just... Mina's there. She fights the. Uh, she well, she's confronted. I guess she's confronted by. Um, Shadow Mega, Baron right. is fighting number one man. I believe Justice is fighting this creature. Well, and it's okay. interesting because Shadow Mega becomes an, a creature. She's not always okay. just her. Remember? Yeah. In fighting against okay. Mega. Prior to right near that part, it's it's funny because they split up and um, Justice was always giving the thumbs up in other scenes. So this uh-huh. time, uh, Manborg smiles and gives this cheesy smile with a thumbs up to him. Uh-huh. And yeah, I that. they're going to separate and he goes to go in the door and Justice goes, don't go in there. He goes, can't you see it says danger? And it, they showed a door and Manborg looks at it and looks at him and goes, oh, right. It says elevator. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, you can go in there. Yeah, because he to get to Dracula, that's why he goes yeah. there ultimately. Yeah, yeah, he's going after Dracula, and uh, like you said, number one man goes after the Baron. I kind of almost feel for the Baron. He just he seemed like the Sh- Sergeant Schultz of the uh, operation. Yeah, well, because he you know had to think for Mina, and he didn't really want to get into any fights, as far as I could, I could tell. And you know, there's a part I remember where he has flowers for Mina and Dracula. Uh, <laughs> Just he kind uh, of put up on the screen like you know, Big Brother, kind of like Andy Ryan yep. on the screen too, in a way. Yeah, it was right after they escaped. He goes in there to give her the flowers, and they're all gone. Yeah. He's like, "Well, <laughs> shit," or something. He says something, and Dracula <laughs> appears, and he's like, "Are those for me?" Yep. <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of did feel for him, but they were, yeah, they were battling it out. This is when we find out that um, they had offered one, one number one man to join them, mm-hmm. and he said no. And um, I don't remember who Justice is fighting, if he's just fighting everybody or what. And Mina is battling her nemesis. Manborg faces off against Dracula in the arena, right? And there's the crowd still there. Uh, yeah, which I assume the crowd would all be demons. They don't really show who the crowd is, from what I remember. Uh, kinda... They showed a couple. Oh, okay. But not like, yeah, I... It was almost like watching Mad. It was like almost like Mad Max looking at them. I didn't know if they were demons or human or both or yeah. Well, clearly they're there for the bloodlust. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like don't don't after the last round didn't you guys go home? <laughs> yeah. You live in the arena, sitting in those uncomfortable chairs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this fight's actually not too bad. Yeah, I I can honestly say oh, there's some very stylized fight scenes also like uh when mina throws that knife uh it's a very stylized where like she stopped like it freezes her and like the knife keeps moving and you see like the like neon light lines like behind her kind of and uh remember Mm -hmm. that yeah it was it was a very stylized look to a lot of the fight scenes and this fight scene was pretty good uh i want to say most of the choreography for the fights were pretty good and i believe i read ludwig lee who was number one man uh, 
did most of that fight choreography, I, I believe. I might be wrong on that, but I thought that's what I read. He looks like he legitimately knew how to fight. Like, yeah, he, he, I think, he, was I think he had fought in some other movie or played characters that... Well, he might I have. I haven't seen him in much any... Oh, okay. Well, this is Laser Ghost 2. He plays a karate thug. You know, there was never a Laser Ghost 1 either. Oh, they, they make, if you look it up, there's never. I don't see. I never found the record of a one. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna get to that later on, but yeah. yeah. Um, but the fight scenes are pretty good, and of course, our hero defeats. Well, he's about to get killed, if I'm correct, and Mina runs out there, uh-huh. and she gets killed. Then you know, Manborg destroys you know Draculon, and uh, he saves Mina by sacrificing himself. Yeah. Which, it's, you know, it's a trope, but it works, you know. And it was nice to see Mina come back. And uh, Justice was crying because he was sad Manborg was dying. Mm-hmm. Justice was such a, definitely the comic relief character. Yeah, yeah. Not as corny as Killer Croc from, from uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> but near that route. So that's kind of it, right? Pretty much, yeah. Am I forgetting anything? Are we forgetting anything? Oh, they get back up and they're surrounded by demons. Who want to yeah. who want to fight still, and then it just cuts. Yeah, I'm like ah. So yeah, I I, like, what was that? I do feel like it was kind of abrupt, you know. But it's yeah. a short movie too, so I guess. Well, the tape ran out. It was on SP. Uh. <laughs> no, I don't know, but yeah, it, it was it was definitely short. I watched it and I was like, this might be the worst thing I've ever seen. And then I'm like, you know, it's really not, and. Uh, I ended up rather liking it, and I hate to say it, I'd like to see a sequel of what happened after. Yeah, me too. I think if they would do something similar, because yeah, I, I, I wouldn't... I, I mean, it's I a dystopian future, and the most powerful being created is gone. Yeah. And it was it, it was kind of like he had an arc reactor, right? Like mm-hmm. Tony Stark, like Iron Man? Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he pulled that yeah. centerpiece out, and was lit up, only it was a liquid instead of... Um, it was a liquid instead of uh, whatever Stark has. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And he pours it and she drinks like into her mouth and she drinks it. Although in retrospect, using a white liquid that way probably wasn't. The... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so she comes back and yeah. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel. And at first I was kind of like, eh. in retrospect, you know, it's not, it wasn't a bad movie. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, especially if you take it at what it is, mm-hmm. right? It's like it, it, it's the same people that thought like Iron Sky was like a serious movie. It's like, dude, seriously, it's about Nazis on the moon. Uh, Come on, uh-huh. you watch it for what it is. And so I started looking into this movie a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on IMDb, this movie has a five point five out of ten rating. This is rated higher than some of the movies we really liked. Yeah, and it's I, not, and I thought it was only out of a couple people. No, it's out of twenty three hundred people. Huh. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. What does Letterboxd have to say? Highest rating is three stars. Okay. Out of how many? Five. Uh, mine, yeah, I, I mean, that's not bad. Huh. I mean. And uh, on Amazon, out of five, it's got a, a out of 172 ratings, 3.7 out of five. I mean, granted, 49% are five star, 18% are four star, and then 18% are one star. But still, a three and a half out of five, I mean, or out of five is pretty solid still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other other interesting facts like you know Stephen Constant Constansky, the writer, the director, he's more well known as a makeup guy. 
he worked in the makeup de- department on a, a, right, a few yeah. things. Um, and, and some of the things he worked on uh, that would be more well-known, uh, Resident Evil Retribution, okay. Silent Hill Revelation, uh, one episode of Defiance, the TV series that my wife loved and I thought was ridiculously stupid. <laughs> he also was a special makeup technician, uh, effects technician for 12 episodes of Hannibal. And let's see, okay. uh, special makeup effects artist, Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, key artist technician. Yeah. It's nice to see that, like, he's in the industry, right? And this wasn't yeah. like, you know, he's like, now he's like working at Kmart or something. Oh, no, they, they're going out of business. Uh, <laughs> working somewhere like that. His buddy, Jeremy Gillespie, who helped write it, is also in the art department of a lot of movies. And he's actually the art director... In the TV series Foundation? uh, Yeah. In the Void, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was also the assistant art director on RoboCop in 2014. Uh, Second assistant art director for Pacific Rim. Assistant art director for Total Recall. I mean, those those are pretty good credits, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. And even Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I haven't seen that one yet, but I do want to check it out. But yeah. And and like you said, first assistant art director of The Shape of Water, which was a pretty big movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see who else did has been doing well. Meredith Sweetie, sadly, you don't see her in anything, which God, I really wish I could. Matthew Kennedy has been in an actor in plenty of stuff. Most of it is for um, Astron Six, I believe. Who actually just had another movie come out came out called uh, Cycle Gorman. So they have they're, they're still making movies together. The group. Yeah. Connor Sweetie, he played Justice. Did he do anything else? They all seem to be working on a TV show called Divorced Dad. Huh. Also. Interesting. Yeah. So let's see. He did he did some other minor stuff. Ludwig Lee, I don't think I found anything. He uh did Manborg and Laser Ghost 2, and that was it. You know, and then on top of that, I looked into the movie a little bit more, and it seemed to be rather well received at all the um uh, all the um not shows, what are they called? Film festivals. Thank you. That yeah. I went to. Yeah, Toronto. I have some Toronto, London, um, Switzerland. It even and yeah, those are a few. Austin, Texas. It looks like Montreal. Yeah. And it had some very good. Uh, I don't want to say very good, but it got some props from a lot of the magazines too. Uh, official selection, Fantastic Fest 2011. Official selection, Toronto After Dark Film Festival. Brisbane International. So, like we said, the film festivals, it was rather well received at. And let's see what else we got. There were some quotes that were great. An incredible piece of pop madness, quoted that's from Fangoria magazine. Uh, Goofy, hectic, often hilarious from Quiet Earth. I think so. Enjoyably ridiculous. And it's from Variety magazine. And I would agree with all those assessments. I, I think it was, it turned out to be something I didn't expect. And uh, I rather ended up liking it. So I was uh, surprised yeah. by that. How about I, yourself? I, I thought it was fun. You know, I, I needed something to watch on a you know Sunday afternoon. It's like, you know, I, I have hoopla. I might as well just watch this for the show, get it over with. And it was only about an hour, 15 minutes. And there's a, a Biocop trailer afterwards. So I didn't see that. Biocop. I didn't see the trailer. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, I don't know if I stopped it too soon or I just whatever oh, I didn't see after it. the credits. But yeah, it, 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 that was a short film that the studio had also uh, worked on was Biocop. Maybe it'll be a feature like that. I don't know, but yeah, maybe I'll have to check it. I'll have to check it out at some point. It would not be. It would be pretty. It would be pretty neat to have that as a film. And they've made, they've put out some a good amount of movies. The editor, Manborg, Father's Day, Inferno of the Dead, uh, Fireman. Uh, remember the '80s? Fuck yeah, you do. Punch Out. You can actually download that at, on their website and watch it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, and of course, you know, Insanophenia, Nobody's Kill Screen, and then the one we talked about, Manborg. Yeah. So they 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 put out some stuff, and I you know. Yeah, no, uh, I agree with you. If it's a you know afternoon, it's a kind of rainy afternoon, or if I have that, if I feel nostalgic and want to think about the eighties, uh, it's really not a bad movie to put in. Right, right. So, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I do think that. Um, well, I do think that if it was a darker tone, maybe they would have had more. Like the characters would have had more of a. I guess they would have been more like dehumanized. It's kind of there, but since it's a lighter tone, I mean, I think if they, like I said, if it was a darker tone, that would have worked. But I don't think they really needed to have an emphasis on dehumanizing characters. That's just my thinking. Like, I don't know if they were even go- if that's what they were going for anyway, though. Right? I don't really I mean, think they clearly. Were. Saying, clearly, the movie itself was, you know. Yeah, because it's like it's not meant to be that way. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think with a. If they wanted to make it a big screen movie, I think you could. Mm-hmm. Like, if you wanted to make this an a, either a better B movie because it's science fiction, mm-hmm. or an A list movie, I mean, you could do it. The plot's mm-hmm. there. Yeah, but they're all uh, five friends, and that's what they've been doing, you know, for a long time. So apparently, Justice resembles Billy Idol, but yeah, I, I can see that. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah sense of humor there yeah, yeah and i join astron six you can't but we could always use free labor if you want to get your name in the credits or you could review one of our movies and put us on the uh on your podcast and beg for free publicity <laughs> not that that not that that's what we ever do is say hey <laughs> everybody involved in this and hope they say hi but hey however you get a hold of the movie that's up to you so if you have to pirate it, it's not our problem. <laughs> Jeez. Wow, James. All right. There's plenty of legal ways to get this movie for free. True. True. <laughs> uh, let's see. Five Faces of Astron 6, Matthew Kennedy, Connor Sweeney, Adam Brooks, Jeremy Gillespie, and Steve Con- Stephen Constant. Stephen. Uh, Connor Sweeney, writer, director, actor, and bro- brother to Astron. Oh, I guess he's married to Sweeney's brother, not... not, not uh, Oh, my bad. Or was it maybe maybe she's married to Matthew Kennedy? I, I thought she was married to one of the somebody on it, but so it is actually her brother. Yeah. Maybe he is actually Australian then too, mate. Hmm. Maybe. So. Yeah. No, it was enjoyable. It was a good time. Yeah, I think so too. It, it needed more Mina, but other than that, it was good. Yeah, you know, check it out. It's on streaming services. You know, or yeah, if you. It's like it's you have an hour. I mean, you got you take lunch for an hour at work. You know, throw it on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't put it on your computer. Throw it on your phone and uh, take a watch. Yeah. Burn, burn some time. 
So, but I think that's it for this one for us. I'm not sure what we're doing next. So this is Johnny. And James. And we'll see you at the movies. Now, that would get a suit saying that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, next we'll have another episode for you and enjoy what we got in the meantime. You've been listening to a Squabble Box podcast.